Hello, everybody. Today is February 2nd. That's Groundhog Day. Yes. Happy Groundhog Day, everyone. 2024. This is Read Through the New Testament. And, um, you know, Groundhog Day was a big big deal for <laughs> Yvonne and her high school friend, Arit. Um, yes, I guess so. Can you tell we, us briefly what you did? <laughs> every, every year, my friend and I would have a we would celebrate groundhog day by having like special a special cake yeah, and, i remember seeing pictures of the yeah, cakes I you made guys a, made a cake with like a groundhog coming up out of the ground <laughs> yeah, and, that so. was long before i knew you yep okay yep and we don't celebrate groundhog day no we don't. at our house but I, I think it's kind of funny you did that at high school just like one of those high school things you just, <laughs> just say, random it's a random holiday and yeah. it was kind of funny yeah so. so you all can develop your own customs that would be kind of fun to do <laughs> Anyway, we're in Luke chapter 9 today, and again, like real common stories of what we have seen before in terms of sending out the disciples, feeding 5,000, Peter confessing that Jesus is the Christ, and then Jesus predicting his death, and then commanding them to take up your cross if you want to be his disciple and follow him, and then even uh, uh, the transfiguration coming tomorrow, (laughs) and just like all these things, the same thing. But there's a lot that ha- a lot of different things happening in chapter nine. Yep. So good luck on summarizing it. I think by now you know uh, how to deal with these chapters with so many things in them. You just maybe pick the major things in them. Yeah. Probably a good summary. Skip what you can, or write really <laughs> small like some of you do. <laughs> you can do that. Whatever you want. Um, all is fine. We just want you to interact with the text. All right. Luke chapter nine, verses one through twenty-seven. And he called the twelve together and gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. And he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal. And he said to them, Take nothing for your journey, no staff, nor bag, nor bread, nor money, and do not have two tunics. And whatever house you enter, stay there, and from there depart. And wherever they do not receive you, when you leave that town, shake off the dust from your feet as a testimony against them. They departed and went through the villages, preaching the gospel and healing everywhere. Verse 7. Now Herod the Tetrarch heard about all that was happening, and he was perplexed, because it was said by some that John had been raised from the dead. Okay, so this is Herod, and there are several Herods that show up mm-hmm, here. Mm-hmm. And so he's Herod the Tetrarch. Um, and But anyway, he's he's asking questions here. Yep. Okay, so some people, it, because it was being said by some that John had been raised from the dead. Because they thought Jesus going about was John. Right, like that would explain his powers. Yep. Okay, verse 8, by some that Elijah had appeared, and by others that one of the prophets of old had risen. So people were just trying to find some kind of explanation for who Jesus is and why he can mm-hmm, do all these things. Mm-hmm. Um, verse 9, Herod said, John, I beheaded, but... Who is this about whom I hear such things? And he sought to see him. Little hint. By the Mm -hmm. time we get to the end, it's going to talk about Herod and how happy he was to see him because he'd longed to see him for so long. Hmm. Uh, During the trial, Pilate sent him to Herod. So you just kind of tuck that away. You'll see that uh, in about a month or so. Hmm. Uh, On their return, the apostles told him all that they had done. And he took them and withdrew to a town called Bethsaida. And when the crowds learned it, they followed him and he welcomed them and spoke to them of the kingdom of God and cured those who had need of healing. Now the day began to wear away and the twelve came and said to him, send the crowd away to go into the surrounding villages and countryside to find lodging and get provisions for we are here in a desolate place. And But he said to them, you give them something to eat. 
5,000 people. And they said, we have no more than five loaves and two fish. Unless we are to go and buy food for all these people. You know how much that would cost? A lot. And for there were about 5,000 men, probably not including women or children, but mostly men probably in the crowds. And he said to his disciples, have them sit down in groups of about 50 each. And they did so and had them all sit down and taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and said a blessing over them. Then he broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples to set before the crowd. And they all ate and were satisfied. And what was left over was picked up 12 baskets of broken pieces. Hmm. So a lot left over. Mm-hmm. Okay, verse 18. Now, it happened that as he was praying alone, the disciples were with him. And he asked them, who do the crowds say that I am? And they answered, John the Baptist. But others say, Elijah. And others, one of the prophets of old that has risen. That has risen. Then he said to them, but who do you say that I am? And Peter answered, the Christ of God. And he strictly charged them and commanded them to tell this to no one, saying, The Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and on the third day be raised. And he said to all, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. For what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses or forfeits himself? For whoever is ashamed of me and of my words, of him will the Son of Man be ashamed when he comes in his glory and the glory of the Father and of the holy angels. But I tell you truly, there are some standing here who will not taste death until they see the kingdom of God. Okay, verse 27 has confused many people. That's spoken both in Matthew and in Mark. And the story of the transfiguration comes right after. I think there's a hint about how they saw the kingdom of God when Jesus was transformed. All right, now we're in uh, Colossians chapter 4. We're going to finish up this uh, wonderful little book that speaks of the sufficiency, greatness, supremacy of Christ. Uh, My turn, right? Chapter 4, verse 2. Okay. Uh, Because we read one last time because it meant Mm -hmm. well with the bondservants and masters. Okay. Uh, Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving, At the same time, pray also for us that God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I am in prison, that I may get clear which is how I ought to speak. Walk in wisdom toward outsiders, making the best use of the time. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. Tychicus will tell you all about my activities. He is a beloved brother and faithful minister and fellow servant in the Lord. I have sent him to you for this very purpose, that you may know how we are and that he may encourage your hearts. And with him, Onesimus, our faithful and beloved brother, who is one of you. They will tell you of everything that is taking place here. So that gives a clue of who is carrying and delivering the message, the, the letter. Yep. And... In fact, we'll hear a little bit more about Onesimus in the book of Philemon. Yep. So, um, so it means Colossians and Philemon were written at the same time. Mm-hmm. 
Um, verse 10, Aristarchus, my fellow prisoner, greets you, and Mark, the cousin of Barnabas, concerning whom you have received instructions. If he comes to you, welcome him. And Jesus, who is called Justice, these are the only men of the circumcision among my fellow workers for the kingdom of God, and they have been a comfort to me. Epaphras, who is one of you, a servant of Christ Jesus. We heard about in chapter 1. Um, greets you, always struggling on your behalf in his prayers, that you may stand mature and fully assured in all the will of God. For I bear him witness that he has worked hard for you and for those in Laodicea and Hierapolis. Luke, the beloved physician, greets you. Yeah, we wrote the Gospel of Luke. Yep, same guy. And Acts. Um, As does Demas. Give my greeting to the brothers at Laodicea, and to Nympha and the church in her house. Most churches met in houses at this yep, time. Yeah, they didn't have church buildings. They were persecuted. Yeah. Um, and when this letter has been read among you, have it also read in the church of the Laodiceans. And see that you also read the letter from Laodicea. And say to Archippus, see that you fulfill the ministry that you have received in the Lord. I, Paul, write this greeting with my own hand. Remember my chains. Grace be with you. Yeah, I want to comment on verse 16 about this letter being read. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what happened is they, in, in Colossae and Laodicea were pretty close together, um, but letters were out and then they were read before the congregation and then passed on. And that's how the New Testament came about because these letters were all passed around and read. And so people found out and understood about the letters and what they were. Now this letter from Laodicea, some have said, well, that's maybe Ephesians, that it was maybe directed towards the Ephesians, but it also was a letter that was read around um, maybe it's a letter we lost. We don't. Mm. We don't really know. But you just see Paul's heart and just wanting the congregation to have these letters of encouragement, and particularly here, Christ is enough. Mm. All right. Okay. See you tomorrow. Bye-bye. Bye, everyone.